PI Studios, the home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour is brought to you by Northeast Men's Health. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, we're back to Mark Dondero and Jim Hackett on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. All right, hour three, Thanksgiving Day. Mark Dondero, Jim Hackett with you for another hour. Hello, everybody. I um, haven't gotten any of those. I haven't seen too much in terms of updates of Thanksgiving rivalry games. No, Jackson, we got to get uh, Jackson on that. They're yeah. wrapping up soon, too. Right, right. Yeah, those Third high school quarter? football games, they don't go very long. No. I do have it up here, but not. Uh, you, there's not a lot of score, score takers or scorekeepers in this right. uh, in high school football, I guess, because they're not updating them very uh, frequently. <laughs> That's Listen, okay. It's it tough. looks like Wellesley's beating Needham 14 nothing. That's uh, And um, Boston Latin is beating English High. All right. All right. Um, I'll get some more in there for you. You know, it is it is tough, and it, it's just some of these games used to be so big. I they know. used to be huge. Yeah. Used to be, the playoffs would be on the line. You know, like I remember 2001 Zavarian St. John's Prep. I went to Zavarian. 10,000 people there. 13 of those players played Division One football. Yeah. Like, yeah. the game ended on a Hail Mary. It yeah. was an epic just day of it. I mean, that's what... That's peak Thanksgiving football in Massachusetts, in my mind, yeah. because of how many people were there and what the game meant. The you NFL has changed things, too, having the three-game slate sure. now. You like it, that? You like yeah. the night game? Yeah. I remember the night game used to always be, I used to always watch Texas, Texas A&M. Yeah. And then they got in their little pissing match, and they don't play on Thanksgiving, or they don't play at all anymore, I don't think. But that used to be the Thanksgiving night game. I like the NFL night game, especially when it's a good one like this. Yeah, here's my recipe is eat during the Lions. Eat during the Lions. Sleep during Dallas okay. and watch the watch the night game. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of my, my my physiological formula of how it breaks down. Is there, you know, any, so. is there any chance is there any chance the Lions could beat the Bills today? I don't think so. You know, though it's funny, we were talking about it a little bit before uh we hopped on, which is of all the Lions teams, I mean, this team can actually score and actually entertain you a little bit on Thanksgiving. I was moaning. I did the last uh, thanks couple of Thanksgiving shows with Pete Davidson, my own my my old fantasy football hour uh, show host. We did this three hour fantasy football slate the last couple of years, and I've been moaning to for the NFL to, to take the game away from the Lions. And finally, they've got a pretty good team. And who's coming to town? I know. Buffalo. <laughs> I, I'm just, if if for so, if somehow the Bills lose and the Patriots win. They're going to have the I know. same record. Yeah, like up is that, down. That's so crazy. It all goes back to my article. You know, with the, you wanted parity. Boy, did you get it. But you got you a it. side dish of mediocrity with it. All right, let's talk to Paul and Quincy on how to defend Minnesota. Paul, happy Thanksgiving. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you gentlemen, too. Um, Thank you, Paul. My, my concern is about the beatdown Minnesota took last Sunday. How are they going to respond to it? Are they going to use that as motivation, or did that hurt this team? What do you think, you Paul? Know, is that a gonna... good thing or a bad thing that they got their ass beat for the Patriots? Going into this game, I think, I think it's a good thing because I think it shows that they're vulnerable, that they're not yeah. the powerhouse everybody thought they were. I'll, I'll you know, I know Dallas is a good team, but still, I think it shows that they can. You know, I mean that that's a beatdown, and I'm sure Bill will look at the film and say, "Okay, here's what they, here's the mistakes they made. What can we do to, you know, to beat them?" I'm just wondering how they're going to respond to it tonight. I'll throw another one at you, Paul. You know, um, the Patriots under Belichick, and mostly with Brady, on Thursday night on short practice weeks and on short rest, 
have actually executed better than most teams in the NFL. So Minnesota not only coming off a 40-3 to blowout uh, against Dallas, but only a few days to prepare going up against Belichick. I like my odds. Let's go to Giuseppe and Randolph on Mac Jones. Giuseppe. Happy Thanksgiving, Giuseppe. Happy Thanksgiving and a healthy one to you and yours. Likewise. Appreciate you Likewise. stepping into the breach today. Happy to do it. Yeah, real good. You guys got a good show going on. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to agree with you fellows that Mac needs to start airing out the football and really, you know, show some aggressive play. The only problem is incompletes and his interceptions yeah. are going to go off the charts because, like Giselle Brady says, who's he throwing to? He has no receivers. Here's the thing, Giuseppe, with that, if I may, is uh, good points, is I'm thinking about a controlled passing game. I just want to see a lot of it. I want, I want volume. I want volume. I don't care how risky the throws are. And frankly, I'd like them, I'd like them to be lower risk and higher, higher um, do something with the ball after you catch it throws. Slants. But you can't live in a bubble. You no. Know, if you're going to live in the real world, you got to go out there. That's yeah, true. Live. Right. You gotta, I mean, you're gonna, if you're going to put yourself at risk and throw interceptions, if you throw interceptions, then we're going to know. You just, you're not the guy. Eventually, yeah. we will come to the conclusion like, hey, he's trying, but he throws a million interceptions. He's not the guy. Yeah. And we'll see. But we need to find that out. And the only way to find that out, hopefully it goes the other way. Yeah. And the confidence gets, you know, surges yeah. up and he has success and he looks good. This is all about repairing. Mac Jones's crisis of confidence. How do you repair his crisis of confidence? Step one, don't turn the ball over. Step two, build a little rhythm. Step three, sling it, man, and get that confidence. And back. I know what you're saying about like repairing the confidence and the crisis of confidence or whatever. But let's be, you know, let's remember we weren't. It was a rookie campaign yep. where he fell off a little bit at the end. Like we still were trying to figure out what is he. Yeah. So it's not like so much repairing. I mean, it is, but it's also like. Finding out exactly what he is, yeah, because we we just don't know. No, we're we don't. trying to figure it out, and we think this is a great opportunity yep. for him to show us what he is. Because I don't know how long they're going to stick around with Mac Jones, based on what I saw yeah. with Bailey Zappi, where for a minute it looked like they're almost trying to replace him. Yeah, like, I, I'll never understand what happened in that Bears that Monday game. night game was an abomination. Never and, that. and you know what? What was a lower moment for Bill Belichick than the actual game was the aftermath afterwards, from the post game for the next two days and how he handled it. Was piss poor. Let's start. This is interesting because Andrew in Connecticut wants to talk about high school football at Fenway Park. All right, Andrew. What's up, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't go to Severian and all those prep schools. I was from Latin Academy back in the day. We yeah, me too. Go Dragons, baby. Let's go, baby. <laughs> we play in the city and, like, we didn't have anything, but now the program's amazing and that opportunity to see them play at Fenway Park and their quarterback. He had the game of his life. He threw three touchdowns, ran for one, had a pick. I could just imagine how, you know, like that's one of the high points of his life. Of I mean, course. I hope they keep on doing it. It was a great time. That's great. Well, here, here. Thanks for the call, Andrew. I, I agree. I love it. I think they should put these kids on a pedestal and yeah. let them, you know, hype up the game. In fact, not to get too into the weeds here, but some of these freaking um, channel whatever news stations, they should cover high school football all year long. Yeah. Oh, they that was do- my, that was the point I wanted to bring up. That What's was that? the thing. So is we were talking about what happened with um, with you know why it isn't as a big a deal as it was. You know, media coverage is a big part of it. You know, Mike Lynch used to have that. Like, you know, it was like a twenty five minute uh, you know sports thing. About, yeah. Yeah, it was great. But the games they mattered more. But it was just the way it is. They don't matter as much now because yeah. of what the MIAA did. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah. But I'm saying, again, not to get it, but if the news director of Channel 4 is listening or whomever, like, 
Start covering high school football yeah. all year long. You don't think you'll get a sponsor for that show? You get these kids, you know, all the families, the communities watch it. It hypes it up. You know, you got some good teams out there. Did you ever live in a smaller market? Have you ever lived like gone college or anywhere? In I mean, in I lived market? in Georgia for two years, okay. Mississippi for two years. Yeah, so like, like, and you know, I went to school up in Maine. Yeah, and they used to because there isn't a pro sport other than what you latch onto in Boston. They would cover all that stuff. You see that in a lot of like mid market, yeah. smaller markets. You see a lot of that. I mean, Boston. You, look at we've been trying to tease Celtics and Bruins for two hours, and we we can't even get the words out because the text line is flying three seven ninety three seven, and the phone line six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven has been cooking because people want to talk Pats, they want to talk Thursday. Because they know, I think everyone knows. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. It's an important. So night. So I said this last year going into the Colts game. Yeah, if you and that was a prime time game. I, I think. was in here with Fitzy. Okay. We were, it was like, it was, we were the pre. Fitzy. We were the pre 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 game show. The pre 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 game. Yeah, show. And we, I love we, it. If we had a it's keg, my favorite show. If we had a keg, we would have tapped it. We were so excited. Yeah, and then boy, what a uh, what a turd in the punch bowl that game. was. So I'm not. Maybe you can help me with this because sure. I'm not sure if this same mentality applies for tonight, but I said before that Colts game last year, and I was right. I said, tonight, we are going to find out the exact tone and tenor of the New England Patriots. What they do tonight will be the representation of the real New England Patriots in 2021, and guess what it was? That game against the Colts was a representation. I'm wondering if tonight will be the same thing. I don't don't have as much conviction as I did last Mm. year. But I'm wondering, like, is tonight going to be the true representation of what the 2022 Patriots are? I think it is, Mark. You think so? I, I think I have more conviction of your point than maybe you do. And I'll tell you why. At 6-4, and four, and, you know, you can see my article up on WEI.com about the NFL being so mediocre that the Patriots actually have a chance. Well, that mediocrity starts to fade as of 8-20 tonight because Minnesota's 8-2. and two. You've got Buffalo twice. We know what they are. I think they're the second-best team in the conference, even though they tripped against the Jets, even though Josh Allen might be a little bit hurt with his elbow, and even though they haven't looked great the last few weeks. They're still amongst the class of the conference and the league. You've got Miami. You know, you got to put Miami in there, and I, I never thought I'd say it, but as you've said a couple times, Tua has owned you, and he's got a slew of weapons that are really dangerous. You know what I mean? And, and that team has belief. They have in their goofy little young coach what – Mac Jones doesn't have with Matt Patricia and Joe yep. Judge and what's coming in, right? They've got belief. And don't rule out Cincinnati. You know, Jamar Chase might come back this week. He'll be back by the time you play them. Yeah. You know, and they're starting to get their mojo. And, oh, by the way, the, the defending conference champion. So I do believe it's tonight. I do believe this is the checkpoint. You're 6-4. and four. You've beaten Mitch Trubisky, Zach Wilson twice, Jared Goff, who Belichick has owned, much like Tua has owned the Patriots, Jacoby Brissett, and... There's one other goofball in there. Oh, Sam Ellinger. Yeah. It, tonight. Now, I'm not putting Kirk Cousins in any sort of elite platform. I'm not. But the Vikings are 8-2. and two. They're home. They've won some close games. They've won some close games. some credit. They won that Buffalo game. They got smashed on Sunday. And I think it's still advantage Patriots in terms of the short week of preparation and practice and rest. However, emotionally, they got to be hot charged. I think the reason I'm a little bit hesitant is because I just don't buy the Vikings. I'm not a Kirk yeah, Cousins guy. At, yeah. I don't know if they're as good as their record says. So I, I'm I don't not think the sure. Patriots are as good as their I, record no, says. No, I guess, but I'm not sure that the Patriots are going to get tested the way some people think they're going to get tested, even though Vegas has the Patriots as two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Yeah. I, I'm just not sure. But I'd like to say, yes, this is going to be the game where however it plays out, at the end of the season, you're going to look at this game and be like, that's that's exactly yeah. the type of team they were. They 
couldn't hold up offensively and couldn't score with a really good offense. Their defense let them down against a good, you know, a quarterback in the fourth quarter. Whatever it ends up being, yeah, that's going to be a representation, the real representation of what this team ends up being. Let's break it down a little bit. So, the Patriots have shored up the run defense a little bit. Yeah. Okay. The Vikings run the ball well. Dalvin Cook is one of the best backs in Not the league. Not a running quarterback, though, which helps the, the Patriots. Yeah, that does help. And, again, I, I talked at the, at the beginning of the show about what's coming up opponent-wise. You know, Buffalo, we know Josh Allen can move. Miami, Tua can move. You know, Arizona, I have them more in the win bucket. But, you know, Murray, Kyle Murray will be back. And mobile quarterbacks like him give the Patriots fits on defense. But back to just stuffing the run. Dalvin Cook's tough to stuff. And Alexander Madison, his number two, is pretty good, too. So... In breaking it down, the Patriots can focus on that and probably try to take that away. But getting pressure on Cousins is going to be really important because they've got receivers and and opportunities for receptions all over the field. Jefferson can do it anywhere. Yep. He can do it deep and he can do it anywhere. Thielen is a get-it-when-you-need-it kind of possession receiver with great hands. They just added TJ Hawkinson at the trade deadline. That's a tight end. Gets you that underneath stuff. And then KJ Osborne can go out and get it down deep. So... They've got their hands full on defense. All right. When we get back, we're going to get a little bit into the Celtics, and they have something, Jim, that no other team in the NBA has. And I'm going to tell you what that is next. Ooh. It was referenced last night, but we're going to highlight it next after a big win over the Mavs. We'll talk about that in trending coming up. Hour three, Dondero Hackett, WEEI. Happy Thanksgiving. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. If you managed to sneak away from your family this weekend for a little me time, which I guess you're trying to be with family on Thanksgiving, but if you managed to sneak away for a little me time this weekend, head over to flagandanthem.com for their annual Black Friday sale. Flannel shirts, jeans, shirt jackets, hoodies, men's, women's, you name it, Flag and Anthem has it. And starting Wednesday, yesterday, it'll all be on a major sale. Okay? Flag and Anthem, premium clothes without the premium price tag. Trending now on WEI and WEEI.com. The Bruins, they fell 5-2 to two in Florida last night to the Panthers. They'll have Thanksgiving today off and play the Hurricanes tomorrow. Puck drops at 1. Despite the sore ankle, Jason Tatum played and dominated as the Celtics downed the Mavericks last night at TD Garden. Tatum leading all Celtics scores with 37 points. Jimmo? Breaking news. Newton Breaking. North, 27-7 to seven over Brookline at the half. Newton North dominating Brookline at the half. Let's go. <laughs> and Wellesley beating Needham 21-7 in the third. Okay. Thank you for the updates. The Pats take on the Vikings 8-20 tonight. Stay tuned to WEI all day. We'll get you set for the game. Isaiah Wynn is out. David Andrews, Marcus Jones listed as questionable for the game. That is, that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. We're back to Mark Dondero and Jim Hackett on Boston Sports Original. WEEI. Happy Thanksgiving. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> 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 love to eat turkey. I love you. Love to eat turkey, cause it's good. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should, cause it's turkey to eat. So good. What year did this come out? I don't even remember. In the nineties? I'm gonna say nineties. Yeah. Is that he? He was on Saturday Night Live in the late 80s, early 90s. He was on remote control on MTV. Okay. And then he took off with Billy Madison. So, so this was before Billy Madison? Ah, probably, probably right, around that right time. Right around that time, okay. yeah. 
Um, Early 90s. I love it. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. 92. I like, 92. There we go. It's right on the so money. Before, definitely before Billy yeah. Madison. I, 30 years ago, this yeah. song. Jeez. Unreal. I... Think like about the, how I feel. The Hanukkah song more. <laughs> oh, I know. Jeez. I graduated in 92. Okay. Shimmy crickets. The Hanukkah song I felt was a little more... I, I like that one a little better. It's hilarious. A little funnier. Yeah, yeah, a little more... I mean, the end just gets you. This is the this is the, the birth from the lunch lady song from Saturday Night Live. This okay. is what this started all this. But uh, if you ever see- real quick, yeah. So the, a lot of Thanksgiving games today. I was thinking of this. I'm going to throw a weird scenario at you. Would you for four hundred and fifty dollars cash? Mm. Where'd you say you went? Newton North. Newton North. Okay. Would you go to the Newton North game today if you weren't doing this show? But you had to for the entire first three quarters. I'll only give you three quarters. You had to wear the Newton North football helmet, and you couldn't you couldn't explain to anybody why you were doing that, that you were getting paid to do it. How much money did I get? Four hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I could use four fifty. You have to wear the helmet the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I could. I You're could like, who's that old alum with the helmet <laughs> yeah. on? I'm 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 so far past all those insecurities. All right, I, good. Everybody <laughs> has a number. I was just wondering. I'll wear it right now. Okay, we could have done the shows with helmets on. I think we'd all do that for four hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, we're well, all here on yeah, Thanksgiving I don't think morning. Everybody would do that. I think there's some people that would just. Uh, they're too cool for school. For I like the attention, you know. So I'll I'll, I'll take the attention. Right. But one thing I wanted to bring up, Mark, is that we we mentioned him in trending. Can we for a moment talk about Dave Andrews? Now, Dave Andrews, were you guys watching on Sunday? Yeah. There was a moment when he was getting carried, like you know, helped, escorted off the field, and he was. I'm like, is this guy gonna walk again? It was that? Mac Jones esque when he was crying Jeez. going down the stairs. I mean, that looked brutal. But like you know, Mac Jones is a quarterback, and you know, you know, he's not a He's not fragile, but I mean, he's not. You know, Dave Andrews is like one of the like the eatingest, drinkingest, gamblingest, baddest looking guys that you could find. Yep. And he's getting like half carried off of the off the field. It didn't look good. It didn't look good. And then <laughs> this isn't like it's breaking news today. He was on the Tuesday practice report. Unbelievable. He might play. And it's a, such an important thing because you know a couple of the texters at three seven ninety three seven, as we've been citing about the. You know, the resuscitation plan for Mac Jones, and I, I think it's been, you know, limit the turnovers, stop turning the ball over, get in a rhythm, get more efficient, check, check the last two games. Now I want him to sling it and get his confidence back. But a couple of the texts came in and said, well, you're going to sling it with this offensive line? Good point. I'm not looking for him to drop back and, and, you know, wait four seconds and launch it down the field. I just want rhythm throws in a lot of them. But to do that, you do need enough protection. And what a difference Dave Andrews makes to this team. And I saw it. I, I was thinking about something, Mark, last week when I saw David Andrews just out there because he hadn't been out there for the few weeks. And, you know, you had Yodney Kajust and James Ferentz and you had Isaiah Wynn having, without question, the worst year of his career. Trent Brown was absent. And just to see David Andrews out there, you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the, this is audio that Jackson can get. Remember the, we're on to Cincinnati? Yeah. That, that happened after the Pats got waxed on Monday night in front of the nation against Kansas City. And the offensive line was in shambles. It was the one year Dante Scarnecchia was not coaching the O-line. They brought him back shortly thereafter. He kind of pre- he retired for a bit. Yep. And they had Dave DeGuglielmo from Boston University and I think Newton Catholic High School from years ago running that offensive line. It was in shambles. And I remember in the Back to Cincinnati game uh, on Sunday night football, Brian Stork, the rookie they drafted in the fourth round, he came out, and just the way they broke the huddle and he clapped, I had a great feeling. I'm like, this line is back. 
And David Andrews gives that line this. So him coming back potentially tonight being questionable, as long as he can stand up and he can move, is a big deal. Because, Cincinnati. Exactly, Bill. And But if he can't, Yardney conduced James Ferentz and a fledgling, fledgling Isaiah Wynn is a big problem. A big problem. We'll see what happens. I think David Andrews obviously is the center, so that's probably, in my estimation, the most important position on the line. We'll see. Quarterback on the line. I don't know. I I think Wynn's out, too. I I don't don't think Wynn's playing. Good. I I don't know if... I'll be honest with you. I, I, I echo everything you're saying about David Andrews, the ultimate respect. Yeah. I'm not sure, though how much of a difference maker he's going to make in this spot just based on what I saw before he went out in the in the game last week. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm hoping because he's say been he's, so good for them. Yeah, let's say they can shoot him up with Toradol or wherever it is and he can be and he can play okay. Um I mean it's interesting like the injury, like a thigh injury. Like how it, didn't, I mean, it didn't look bad. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But it, the, way muscle said, tear. Like, the way he was going off the field, yeah. that guy's not a guy that milks injuries. No, that's, like, what, that's my point. It's bad. Yeah. And to, to see him back out there was a great sign. I hope it pays dividends tonight um, for the Patriots who are going to need. I still think, even though they'll have success against Kirk Cousins, yeah. I still think they're going to need to score some points. 100%. Uh, more than 18 points where if they've, you know, their wins, teams have scored less than 18 points. I think they're going to have to score more than 18 points or 17 points, whatever it is tonight, in order to win. A lot of their offense, Mark, is coming from uh, defense with, like, you know, if not pick sixes, picks close to the goal line that you can just punch in. And special teams, you know, blocked punts. Yeah. Uh, The punt return last week, Marcus Jones, that that was exhilarating. Unfortunately, it was exhilarating. It was 59 minutes. And forty-seven seconds of nothingness, and then thirteen seconds of magic. So let's, let's go to a team, or I guess from a team that has a myriad of offensive deficiencies to yep. a team that might have none. Okay, and that's the Boston Celtics, especially after ah. the game that they played last night against nice Luca. Now listen to me, Luca. I know the Mavericks were what nine and seven. I mean, they're middle of the road, but they hadn't lost by double digits at all this year. Yeah. And Luca has owned the Celtics in a two-away. You know, obviously Luca's better in basketball, clutch shots, clutch shots, and, the game, yeah. and like rip your heart out yeah. type of shots. The Celtics hadn't beaten the Mavericks since before the pandemic. They've been zero and two the last few years, so that was a big win last night. I agree. And the way they dominated, and the way Jason Tatum is symbolic, the block at the, at the end of the game, like you know, that was a nice moment for him, a little Heisman moment, if yeah. you will, early yeah. in the season. Yeah, that I think in the way they played continues to cement the fact that this team is one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. Yep. And I think, and Doncic said this after the game, and I agree, they have the best duo in the entire NBA. No question. And that's a significant statement. Especially, I mean, you think of all the teams, all the teams and players and tandems that they've been chasing for so long. Yep. The the Kevin Durant's and the LeBron James and the Anthony Davis and the Kawhi Leonard's and all these players that have been better than who you have. Yeah. Giannis and Middleton. No more. Yeah. The Celtics yep. have the best duo in the NBA right now, and they're playing like it, and they're going to get help. Yeah. Their defense hasn't been exactly – but here's the thing about the defense real quick, Jim, and then you can chime in on this. Yeah. The defense isn't as good as it, as we saw, but the offense is so much better. And I just think, like you think of the, some of those old Patriots teams, the it's hard to – have elite defense and elite offense. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't, you know, a lot of the teams that have elite defense don't have elite offense. Football, basketball, it's just hard to have elite. Both. Can't have everything. Can't have everything. So the defense is taking a step back, but the offense is so much better. And I don't think in the NBA, 
it's quite as devastating. Mm. If you have not the most elite defense, than it is in like the NFL. Three things on that. Their defense as a whole might not be as elite as their offense. However, this team has something um, that is going to make them okay on defense, and already has. And it's beyond Marcus Smart being the defensive player of the year. It's beyond Jalen and Jason being able to defend their position. Um, They're motivated, and they are committed. They want to win the championship. They're reminding me of the 84 Celtics. Where That's you know, good news. Bird hadn't gotten well, he got one in eighty one, but he hadn't like bested Magic yet. Yeah, you know, Magic got him in college, and Magic had already got one, and Bird finally got one in eighty one. But that team was highly motivated. It was it was Casey Jones's first year as head coach. Bill Fitch, who had won in eighty one with Bird, was the head coach, and they got embarrassed the year before by the Milwaukee Bucks. They got swept in a team that they shouldn't have been swept by, and that team had a chip. All year long. I'm not referencing 86 because that team was A, more stacked, and B, they would take naps during the season sometimes because they were so good. Yeah. But that 84 team had a chip, and this team looks really motivated. And where motivated comes in on the defensive end is like what you saw last night with Tatum. Like, uh uh-uh, Luca, you and me, people think you're the MVP. I think I'm the MVP. I'm going to show you right now. And I see a lot of that with them. The other part I want to mention is they're doing this without their most dynamic defensive player right now. Correct. Who's due to come on at Christmas is Robert Williams. So I think they have enough. They can defend at the wing. Tatum is playing balls out, man. He is, like, leaving it all on the floor. Jalen could always defend. You've got the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. And, by the way, your most dynamic defensive player hasn't even been on the court yet. So I think they're motivated. I think they have defense when they need it. And they're putting up a ton of points that – that's the kind of defense that they need. Can I say happy Thanksgiving to Joe Missoula? Because yeah. I, I want that man to have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. I want him to have turkey. I want him to get, see his relatives. He never yeah. see I, whatever it is. Extra gravy. I have loved <laughs> Joe Missoula. I think he's and obviously there's room for improvement. You know, we've heard a lot of the Celtics talk about we're helping him. He's helping us. It's sort of a partnership. Yeah. But I think the whole team, the whole organization has handled whatever happened with Ime Udoka yeah. great. Yeah. Missoula has been perfect. Credit to Brad Stevens for understanding and and basically telling all of us that no, no, no. Like especially when they asked him, like, did you ever think about coming back down off of the high yeah. and coming in coaching? Yeah. He's like, No, Joe. Joe's the guy, and he has been. Yeah. And I've loved Joe. Now we'll see. But every this has been a perfect start to the season. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I've been a little annoyed at the nitpicking, a little annoyed. That they lost to the same team twice. Yeah, you know the the Cavs and then the Bull. Like lost in overtime that. though. Yeah, no, I know, and it's yeah. it means nothing. Yep. but it's just a little annoying. Um, if there's one thing I want to see again, being nitpicky, yeah. and it's not like I don't have a belief. I I would still love to see Jason Tatum have a signature moment, and you can argue it happened sort of at the end of the Cavs. I mean the Cavs the. Uh, Game one against the Nets last yeah. year in the playoffs, yep. the layup at the buzzer. Oh, that was great. It was that, great. that was, yeah. But but still, though, buzzer beater situations yep. with Tatum handling the ball. It's going to happen. I, it is, yeah. and I fully believe it will. I just want to see it because I still think in those tight, tight games against really good teams down the stretch, especially the bu- buzzer beater clock winding down, yeah. too often I see Tatum look out of sorts out of control, and get off a shot that is so un-Jason Tatum-like, it's uncomfortable. I, If I'm nitpicking, which I am, yeah. I, I'd love to see some of that. They've been so dominant, a lot of times they don't need to be in that Just situation. But I, I'd still, you can practice it. Yeah. But you, I think that's one area, if I'm nitpicking, of focus. 
when it's a tight game late and you got the ball, I want to see production and poise in those moments. You know what? You know why you don't see that so much is that usually he does it the moment before the moment comes. He'll get the ball in a critical moment before it becomes a high-stress moment. Okay. And I'll drive to the hole and get you the two that you need. I love it. Yeah, and I think it's almost like a preventative measure, the way that he's doing it. Uh, that doesn't mean that you won't have that crunch moment, and I have full trust in him. The things I love about this, i got a couple points on the Celtics. One is, back to your first point about giving a stick tap or a, you know extra gravy to Joe Missoula, yeah. you know, I'm proud of the Celtics for the way that they, as the players, and Joe Missoula and his staff, but the players... The way they handled the Ime Adoka thing, because it's clear that they have, it's clear that each of them has said, we need to rise. Yeah, we, yeah. we need to do more. A bunch of an adult, yeah. grown ups yeah. doing what they need to do. Yeah, I loved it. We're yes. down a soldier. We, we need to all rise. So credit to them for that. The other thing I love about this team is I can't remember a Celtics team that can get you in a bunch of different ways. Like every time I watch the Celtics, you know, I know that Jalen and Jason can give it to me driving to the hole uh, with a quick first move. They can fall away, fade away. They can hit the threes. They can hit the. I, they can do it right. But then, like, you, look at all the parts. Al, Grant Williams, um, the kid. His name's escaping me. Uh, there's the the mad bomber from three point of the blonde haired kid. It's uh, his name. He's been Sam Hauser. Sam Hauser yeah. been lighting it up. You know, Pritchard's giving it to him when they yeah. needed it. Um, Brogdon, what a pickup. Oh, yeah. What a great read by Brad Stevens. I need more on my bench. I mean, their bench looks good. My overall point with that is the Celtics must be really hard to defend. And there's a reason they're putting up uh, over 120 points 10 times already this year. They can get you in a number of different oh. ways. They are scary. They pass the ball. They move yeah. the ball unselfish. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, Jim, I know we're talking about the defensive stats and the metrics and they've been better in the fourth yeah. quarter, but they're all, they feel like, they're all plus defenders. Even Sam Hauser, who isn't a plus defender necessarily, no. and he probably won't be out there. He hustles defending, though, but he tries. He's yeah. got a huge motor. He fights for rebounds yeah. and knocks balls loose. And he's out there. But even Pritchard, even the yeah, mop, they, even the mop, Luke Cornett, Cornett, yeah, 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 it's a little different. But I, I appreciate <laughs> the effort. But even Pritchard had like four Tommy points in one sequence yeah. earlier in the right. season. They try. Yeah. So even the guys that aren't as strong, but. But smart, obviously, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Tatum's a plus defender. Brown's obviously a plus defender. And they're motivated. Grant Williams, plus defender. Derek White, no, and motivated. Yeah. And obviously, Rob Williams, who you said. It's a great situation. Yeah. I, a part of me wishes it was April. Um, health is obviously a thing. Yeah. And we'll see where they go. But, oh, man, it's been a joy to watch. Let's talk to Chris in Watertown on hey, Tatum and Brown. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris, happy Thanksgiving. What's up, Chris? We got him. We got to. Oh, my bad. Sorry, a dog just walked in here. The dog's in here. What's up, Chris? Sorry. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. So, anyway, um, yeah, um, you know, Tatum and Brown, like, to get, just to acquire these guys was like an hour back move. You know, think how lucky we were that people are dumb enough to take Markel Fultz. You know, yeah. And, and then, uh, and then Brown. You know, a lot of people didn't like the pick. And they're, you know, just to see these guys coming together and fight and really getting it. I mean, they both just had one year of college, and you know how much are you going to learn in that? You know what I mean? Now they've and, learned on the fly, but, Chris, for sure. Can I set the record yeah, straight? Can I set the record straight on the Jalen Brown pick, if I may? And thanks for the call. You know, it was never personal. About I was there at the draft night when they drafted him. It was had nothing to do with the player. The reason people booed 
was because it was Wick Grousebeck's fault. And I have the utmost respect for Wick Grousebeck. But Wick Grousebeck, about three weeks earlier, said, get ready for fireworks. Yeah. Get ready for fireworks. Danny's up to all, we've got all sorts of fireworks. <laughs> They're blowing up everywhere. It was like the, it was like the Boston Pops uh, at the 4th of July. Fireworks. And then it came with a big, and then it just drafted a player. And that was Danny's M.O. there for a little while. And I think fans were frustrated with that. It yep. was the situation, not the player. And if Jalen Brown's listening out there, hi, Jalen. Happy He's Thanksgiving. Listening. He always listens. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, Jalen. But we love you. I mean, I love this guy. Yep. He can, I mean, really, I love his game. Oh, I like yeah. his attitude. I wish he wasn't involved in the players' union type of stuff. But, you know, he's, he's, a, he's an erudite guy, and that stuff is meaningful to him. But... A really likable guy. Whatever ghosts might be in that head, maybe uses them to motivate himself. But there was no, there was no hating on Jalen Brown. That was Wick Grousebeck promising the fireworks and them not coming through. The listen, I, I've said this. It's on Twitter, and I'm going to say it again. And whether you want to hear it or not, it doesn't matter. It is going to be a very awkward day in New England when this team wins a championship yeah. and Danny Ainge is in no way affiliated with the celebration yeah. because yeah. he was such a huge... It's going to be like the anti-Ray Bork yeah. in 2001. Right. You know, it's going to be so weird. That guy made such... And the caller right there alluded to it. Chris. Uh, Chris, yeah. He, he made such shrewd moves. Yeah. The, the Brown pick and the Tatum pick are going to be the foundation yeah. of this championship. And I believe he drafted Robert Williams too. Yeah, I he mean, was great. He was great until about 2007 through 2017. And I understand he could. He, some of the things that Brad Stevens has been able to yeah. do, Ainge couldn't do. Supplementing the roster, finding the pieces was that unwilling come in, to, unwilling to do whatever yeah. it was. He didn't do them. Yeah. So you needed the 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 combination of the two. Yeah. But to draft those guys, that's yeah. the hard part. Like yep. getting that right. Trade down and get Tatum. You, you only have so much time. You only have. It's a very small opportunity to yep. get those guys in the draft in the NBA. It's not like the NFL where there's stars every yeah. year. You might have a draft where there's literally no star. For Tatum to do that was, uh, I mean, for Ainge to do that was just a, a stroke of genius. I think, and yeah, I think it's the Gordon, be weird. I think the Gordon Hayward injury uh, after that signing made Ainge a little bit more gun shy. But prior to that moment, Ainge was great. It's Mark Dundero, Jim Hackett here on Thanksgiving Day on WEI. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, we're back to Mark Dondero and Jim Hackett on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. It's called Alice's Restaurant. It's about Alice and the restaurant. Back here, Dondero and Hackett, WEEI. Happy Thanksgiving. Getting ready for, uh, I mean, I'm getting ready to eat. The I can't wait starting to eat. To, yeah. It's doing that thing like I'm ready. You and I have had a calculation the whole show in terms of like our, our liquid intake between coffee, water, the occasional breakfast bar. I'm trying to mathematically calculate the perfect timing to, to gobble, gobble, get yeah. into my drink. I mean, dinner. if Tom Brady's going to, if he's going to quit or whatever, yeah. cheat on his diet. Yeah. I, I mean, I go all in on Thanksgiving. It's a big day yeah. for me. I I, I I just want to eat and nap and fat and there you go. <laughs> or eat during the Lions, sleep during the Cowboys, second dish for the Patriots, and make it the whole way. It's a, great, it's a perfect it's a, it's a day. It's a damn good day. It's a perfect day. Hey, we were talking about the Celtics before the break. It's been it's been two and a half hours of awesome Patriots talk, and you guys have been great. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. You guys have been great calling in, texting, got great stuff. And Mark and I pivoted to Celtics uh, before the break. I have a point I want to make kind of bringing basketball and football together on Luka Doncic. So this is going to sound a little wacky, but stay with me here. There's a characteristic in how Luka plays and what happens while he's playing so deliberately and, dare I say, gracefully on the floor. 
that time kind of stands still for him. Sure. You know? Definitely. You know who he reminds me of? The only other player, I've mentioned this before when I did the Fantasy Football Hour, is he kind of reminds me of LeGarrette Blunt. Now, I know it's, <laughs> I know it's crazy. Listen to me now. <laughs> Feel me here. When LeGarrette Blunt used to carry the ball, I felt like time would stand still, that he could go wherever he wanted to and get wherever he wanted to. And I think it's because the defense would flip and brace themselves for the contact sure. they were going to get, right? And I feel like there's a similar characteristic in that when Luca has it, a lot of times when you watch like Tatum or, or Brown drive that first step, a quick first step, sure. basketball movement can be very herky-jerky. His is so graceful. It's like, it's like time stands still. He's very deliberate in his motion, but somehow he gets to his spot. Ergo, the comparison to LeGarrette Blunt, who it, it would, I feel like I was watching NFL films and like Earl Campbell in slow motion every time he ran the ball. And I kind of get that same feeling when Luca has it. He, he's like sneaky quick. I, Does that I, make sense? I mean, I agree with everything you're saying about Luca. Yeah. I, I don't agree with the LeGarrette Blunt. I don't even know what that <laughs> Watch means. Watch some old film. I, I mean, I guess. Time stands I, I, still. Look, there's a lot of comparisons you can make to Don. It's obviously the, the Larry Bird one. He's not as good as Bird. No. He's different player. I mean, but I think offensively. Mm. He could maybe rival a little bit of Bird. He can shoot. He can get to his spot. He can do some stuff. Jackson brought up a good point at the break. Is it kind of like when? And I, I, I clarified. I kind of then corrected him as a strong word, but but like clarified with him that he was mentioning Paul Pierce. Now Paul Pierce, the younger, and Paul Pierce, the second half of his career, different players. Luca reminds me a little bit of like late Paul Pierce yeah. in that it wasn't quick. It wasn't always flashy. But he always got to where he needed to get to. That's right. He never. Yeah, Pierce was always kind of clunky to me. Like I, I, I know you, yeah, you said he was smooth. I don't but like, like. I don't like the word clunky. He was just. He wasn't explosive. But he always found a way to get to his yeah. spot. Always, deliberate. Like, I was like, how is he getting to the rim? Yeah. Like he was never blowing by guys. But but Luca's pretty crazy. Doncic is better than obviously Pierce. But um, he's good, man. He's real good. But, but Tatum's better right but, now. Yeah, he is. Look at Tatum. Tatum took it to him, and you could see it on that block last night. Yeah. Didn't you see the grit in Pierce? I'm sorry, in Tatum's eyes. Oh, I he's like, it. you aren't, you aren't getting this, yeah, man. I it's everything mano about mano, and I know you think you're the MVP, Signature and this is what mark. I think of that. Two of the best Boom. players, maybe the yeah. two best players yeah. in the league right now. Um, okay, let's do some picks. Let's do it for the games today. All right. Um, if you want to pick against the spread, we can feel. We'll pick against the spread. Okay. Yeah. For our friends at the the casino, Bills at Lions, Buffalo favored nine and a half. Who do you like in that one? I'm going Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo to win. Yeah. I'm taking the Lions. You're taking the points. I'm taking the Lions because they're finally <laughs> playing well. Yeah. Buffalo hasn't played as well. Yeah. Still in Detroit. Another week in Detroit. The Lions play well at home. They play better at home. I am fine. I'm not taking them to win. I yeah. can't take them over the Bills to win. But I think they cover the nine and a half. I'm taking the Lions and the points. I think the Lion, a Lion's going to Lion is what I'm going to say. So this, unless I'm missing something here, this line surprises me. Giants plus 10 at Dallas. Yeah. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Giants there, and there's only one reason. As far back as I can remember, whenever you start feeling good about the Dallas Cowboys, that's the exact moment that they let you down. I'm not saying the Giants are going to win, but they're going to cover. Who do you think wins? The Giants. I think the Giants find a way to win. I think the Giants might win I think they're going to find a way to yeah. win. I don't know why. I, I agree. I, huge. It's not like I'm a huge believer in um, who's the coach now that from Buffalo. Now I can't remember his name. Oh, Brian Dayball. Yeah, Brian Dayball. Dayball. Former I, Patriots I just, assistant. Yeah, former Patriots assistant. I, it's not like I, I like him. Range. I like him, yeah. but I don't know if I'm all in on him. It just feels like, I don't know. 
They're going to find a way to get it done. The yeah. Giants, the Cowboys, like you said, they just let you down. And then lastly, uh, Patriots plus two and a half at the Vikings. Who are you taking? Pat's post 5-4 win over Vikings in Minnesota. I'm just kidding. That would be disappointing. <laughs> sort feel, of. Feel, yeah. No, I, I think I, I like, as I said, I'm going to be consistent. I like the Patriots on short rest, and I think they've got a little something up their sleeve for Minnesota, and that's that they're going to throw a lot more than Minnesota thinks they're going to. I'm taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots to win. They get in Kirk Cousins' face. Jackson, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Everybody Good job, Jackson. Thank Happy you, guys. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Jim, thank you. Yeah, Mark Craig, We'll see you later. Have a good holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's right. Gresh and Keith. Keith is in Arizona on the Patriots offense with Gresh and Keith. You guys are saving my bacon. I'm driving oh. across country and listening to WEI. You're making the trip go so much faster. You're welcome. By the way, you're <laughs> now going to be in a promo that will probably run 15 <laughs> times during your trip. So good for you. Did you miss something? Listen to the podcast on the Odyssey app or at WEI.com. Gresh and Keith, middays 10 to 2 on New England Sports Original. WEI. WEI.